Back here on Sports Talk as we get into hour two of three. He's Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Welcome back, everybody, as uh, we get moving uh, with what is going to become for us a, a uh, one of our just instant favorite segments. Let's let's be honest, Adrian. Since we started this with Coach Dimmel last week, uh, four days in a row, great analysis. I love uh, going through the depth chart and and exploring both sides of the football as he's been doing since we started our position by position preview. Yeah, Steve, I've had a lot of fun hearing from Coach. You know, it, it, it helps us understand and learn a lot more about this roster and what it's made of, and uh, I'm really excited to move forward with this conversation. I am too. And isn't it great also that as we start, we really have no idea what he's going to talk about? I like that. Yes, the mystery or the element of surprise, and that's my favorite part. We like surprises on this radio show. So here he is, Coach Dimmel, back with us for another week. Coach, how was the weekend? The guys work out today. It got there. Uh, early, early in the morning and spent the whole day on the practice field watching one group roll through and another group roll through and another group roll through. So it's been uh, really, really good to uh, be back watching these guys get after it. So a really good day for me. Now, are you social distancing from the coach's office? Where are you watching them work out from? No, I'm on the field. You know, I got tested and, uh, you know, was, was neg- I was negative, which is good. And um, so that was good. And, and then I uh, got my mask on, and I'm there watching them. And, and uh, yeah, of course, social distancing, but uh, I'm on the field with them now, which is great. So uh, that part's been really, really good for me and, and good for the team. So I can give updates now that are day-to-day updates for everybody. Good. So that was good. So that's always a positive. Uh, which test did you and the team take? Are you doing the saliva or the nasal test? I did the nasal test, yep, and uh, I did that. It feels like, uh, you know, you're, you jumped in a swimming pool for a few minutes after you got out, right? You know, that first jump into a swimming pool and all the water rushes up, up your nose. I don't know if you guys have got tested yet, Cap, or not, but that uh, that's kind of the sensation you get after you get the uh, the swab up your nose. Oh, gosh. Well, I'll tell you, I'm happy you guys are negative. That's all that matters. And then how yeah. often will you and the team be tested now? What's the uh, uh, the protocol? Well, the protocol, you know, is still to be determined, but there are so many derivatives. You know, as we get closer to, to games and all that, that's going to be determined by uh, multiple uh, different um, uh, entities, you know, in, in the process. But right now we got so many things going on, so many – protocols within our system that uh, if someone gets sick, then we keep them out. You know, if we feel like their symptoms are, are anything related to COVID, we immediately get them tested. Um, and if they're roommates, then if we, even if they have symptoms and haven't been tested, then we keep their roommate at home. And uh, like I said, we're working out in pods now. So there's group 1A, group 1B, group 2A, group 2B. Group 3A, Group 3B, and um, that you know allows us to keep them distanced as much as possible. They're intermittent within the locker room uh, as far as their spacing goes. You know they got the social distancing only you know certain amount of players in the locker room at one time, and then uh, the, that's where the pods plan. So one group will finish lifting 15 minutes before the other group, and, and they'll go in, get the shower. Coaches are in there to get them in and out. And then the next group comes in, showers, in and out, 
and uh, and then we move on to the next group, which would be two A and two B. So it's very detailed. Right. It's amazing how detailed it is uh, in what we're doing with our social distancing practices and how uh, thorough uh, Don Hearn and, and Tony Cordova are being with our uh, medical protocol with this and Dr. Murphy, our team doctor that's overseeing this part of the COVID. Uh, they're all doing a fantastic job and patience is the key and safety is the key. You know, safety and patience for all of us involved. Uh, is the bottom line. So it's uh, it's a it's a really good structured process that we have going on, and and um, and the players are taking it serious, and and obviously our staff's doing a really good job with it. UTEP head football coach Dana Dimmel joining us here on Sports Talk. Final question before we get into the next position preview. Did you utilize the Waze app on the way back to El Paso after the suggestion, and did that help you avoid traffic driving back from Iowa? Well, I know about the. The Waze app. You know who gave me the Waze app is Bob Stoops. Bob told me about the Waze app when I was coming down to see him um, when uh, Winston was going to work out at his camp way back when Winston was a senior. We were going to see Bob and stay at his house, and a tornado was hitting more. And uh, so I was like, Bob, you know what? He's like, get on the Waze app. My wife Carol told me about it. So that's when I first got introduced to that app. This one, the one we were on, we're supposed to be good at telling us traffic issues. Obviously, it missed on this one. But uh, thanks. I appreciate the advice, but I am familiar with that app, and it is a good one. All right, good. Now, let's move along. We've uh, had the opportunity so far in four days to cover running backs, offensive linemen, linebackers, and cornerbacks. Not in that particular order, but those are the positions we've done. Two on the offensive side, two on the defensive side. How are we going to start off this new week, Coach, with which position? Well, you know, I always the decision's never made until the last second here, and so uh, I've decided to go with the wide receiver position, which is a detailed uh, conversation, you know. And so um, it's very in-depth because we got a lot of players that are new to the scene and guys that are going to add to, you know, the uh, competition at, uh, on the depth chart. I'm going to start off, Cap, by talking about, you know, the guys that I'm, you know, are, are coming back and, and uh, really excited about that have proven that they're can really perform at a high level. You know, I'm going to start off with um, Justin Garrett, who's just uh, unbelievable for us. Uh, JG, you know, as we all call him, is our leader. He's just the, uh, one of the best players you're ever going to want to have off the field as well as on the field. His leadership, it's so funny. You know, when they're not in the group, they can't come in and watch the other group work out. So JG, while the one of the groups was working out today. He was standing at the fence and hollering, you know, don't lean over, stand up, you know, all this stuff from across the field because he couldn't get any closer to lead the other group. But uh, really was a cool sight to see. You know, he had a multiple catch game, um, you know, a double-digit uh, reception game last year against New Mexico State where he caught over 10 passes. Him and Cowling were coming back at each other on the way in today after the workout about how, uh, you know, J.G. said, well, Jacob came in as a true freshman, stole my starting spot, you know, took Cole right from the day he walked on campus. And then and then I said to J.G., yeah, but Jacob didn't have a 10-catch game, a, uh, a double-digit catch game yet, but I know he will. And, and 
Uh, so that challenge is out there for both those guys to try to do that in one game next year. You know, so obviously Jacob Cowling kind of took the conference on, uh, you know, by storm as a true freshman, really did some fantastic things for us. It hasn't even been through a, you know, off season now, has been through an off season to what we've had, you know, with the, obviously with the stipulations that have been put on us. He's working hard, looking really, really good. And those two are going to be, uh, you know, our top, you know, two guys coming back. Someone that I'm really looking forward to showcasing and doing some good things this year is Walter Don. And I know no one's really seen Walt, you know, step up and do what what I think he can do. And I think he's focused, you know, he's, him and Jacob Cowan have both had newborns. You know, Jacob's is eight months old, was born on a UAB ball game. I think it's good to talk about some of the personal lives of these guys. Um, you know, and had to leave our UAB game from right on site right after the game and fly back for his baby's birth. And then Walter just had Walter Don the third, who I said he should call triple. And um, but none of those guys missed a meeting with Coach O'Hara all uh, during the quarantine. You know, even with the things they got on their plate, they were on every Zoom meeting. And Walter's really coming in with a renewed focus. He's got the speed at that slot receiver to give us some things. So I'm excited about what Walt's going to bring to the table and uh, and how he's working and preparing. I'm really excited about Hugh Drennan, the grad transfer from New Mexico. I think he fits our system. You know, he, I think he'll thrive in a passing situation, you know, a passing system where, where we can get the ball to him in different sets. Uh, as an outside receiver, he really had a good spring. We're going to use his skill set in multiple ways. Uh, you know, with his ex- ability to play quarterback in high school, a local product that we're really looking forward to watching him, you know, flourish in his senior year as a grad transfer. Uh, from there, I've been really pleased with uh, uh, Josh Farr, a young man that just came into our program, uh, a junior college transfer that uh, is looking really, ca- really good from Northern California, is working at a high level. Um, moves really well. I think he's going to be a – I really, really do think he's going to help us a lot, bring a lot to the table for us. Uh, Miles Banks is another young man we moved over from corner because he's a 4-4 type of player. Um, I think he can bring a lot to the table for us because of his speed and his ability to take the top off of things. He's really grasping a hold of the wide receiver position. Some of our new guys that redshirted last year, you know, uh, Skyler Newsom is big, strong, athletic. Uh, we're going to put him as an outside receiver, let him learn one position and really attack that position. But he's big and can run and very physical. I'm very much looking forward to what he can do. Uh, Adam Cousins is a guy we redshirted last year. You know, so many of these guys we redshirted because we had an older receiving group, but Adam is really fast. He's probably a low 4-5 high 4-4 guy with a lot of twitch to him. He put some good weight on through the quarantine when he came back. He looks really good. Khalil Warfield, a freshman for us, a true freshman, is at the workouts looking extremely good, uh, athletic. Uh, I'm really pleased with what, what he looks like. Uh, Matt Malowitz, a, a baseball player from Bowling Green that was a really good high school quarterback, athlete. You know, we're going to play him at at receiver slash quarterback, both for us. So I like what he brings to the table. Quintavious Workman, another one of our young freshmen, 
that's got all the ability, you know, in the world that you need to be really good. Uh, if he puts it all together, can do some really good things for us because he's 6'5 and runs very well for his height. Uh, and a couple other freshmen that I want to talk about are local guys. Uh, Davis Burns looks really, really good moving today. I liked what he brings to the table. And then Lucas Flores, Ray Flores' little brother, was really ran really good time at our camp last year. And uh, he's been running today, and he's long and athletic and a smooth runner. Um, and so it's going to be a great competition because I, I knew this was going to take a while, guys, but there's a lot of bodies and a lot of guys that got a chance to help us this year. And the last guy is Davian Bennett, who's one of our fastest sprinters on our track team, was a good high school football player, and now he's in our football program uh, in the fall, and he's a one of the fastest guys in Conference USA uh, in the 55 meters. Probably would have won it, but he false started at the um, at the winter track meet. That was the favorite going into Conference USA as the fastest sprinter in Conference USA. We got him in there to add some speed to that position. So again, uh, a lot of talent. Really, a lot of talent. We just got to get everybody ready and mature and, and on the field. There's so much to talk about following that description, but unfortunately I'm up against a break. Coach, can you come back and we'll continue the conversation right where we left off? Yeah, I knew this was going to take a while, so I'm ready to go. Good. More with Dana Dimmel as we keep things moving, but first here's Charlie One with traffic this hour. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. All right, um, we've got UTEP head football coach Dana Dimmel with us standing by. Sports centers in less than 10 minutes. Uh, Coach, you probably haven't heard this story because it just broke during our first part of the conversation, but Adam Schefter just tweeted out that the NFL offered the NFL Players Association today to play zero preseason games this summer, according to a source. Zero. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It comes out every day now. You know, we just got off a call with – with Jim Center, and he says every day is a new day. We got to react and see what's ahead of us. So yeah, that's interesting news there. Um, I could see that being something that the players would be in favor of. You know, they all feel like they're professionals and they can prepare themselves. Where that leads into is now I can see some purging of rosters. You know, because that's what the '90s for is to get guys through camp and see guys during. Bring, you know, during training camp and during preseason games. And so I could see teams now dropping their rosters down, you know, pretty quickly here to 70, 75 real fast in the next week or so. I agree with you on that one. All right, so let's take ourselves back to the wide receiver position. And, and you mentioned at the start, uh, you know, Cowing and Garrett and just what a spectacular, uh, you know, season they had back uh, in 2019. Um I look at the transfer portal, and there were a ton of receivers in there compared to the other positions. And is it safe to say that because of the kind of seasons that Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett had, that's why um, more than the norm from that position decided to try to explore their other options and go into the portal? Oh, are you talking about guys from our program, Cap? Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think maybe that was the case. Uh, you know, probably with the with two of them that I can think of that went into the transfer portal, you know, I can probably think that, you know, that might be what they were thinking is that, 
you know, how many footballs are there for us to be able to get our opportunities, and those two guys obviously are the top two right now. Um, and so that could have been, in a lot of ways, that probably was the motivation. I think what's been found is that when they went in the transfer portal, there wasn't near as much excitement <laughs> about them, yeah. you know, as that they thought there might be, you know. And I think they've learned the hard way about the transfer portal and how much of a dead end that can be in opportunities. And uh, that's, that, that's, you know, just the truth of the matter, you know, and that's kind of come to fruition here, you know, since, those, since some of those players have put themselves into the transfer portal. Oh, there's no doubt, and uh, I'm with you on that one, and I think that that's a great uh, description of what happened. But in, in, in the case of one minor in particular, and, and I'm talking about Walter Don, he went into the portal, decided he wanted yeah. to come back, came back in quickly, he's part of the rotation, and ultimately realized early on that he was much better suited staying a minor. Yeah, and, I, and, he, and he didn't burn a bridge, you know what I mean, where other guys yep. put themselves in the portal – and burn bridges with their teammates. I don't think Walt did that. You know, I think Walt had, you know, had a baby was coming. He wanted to get close to home with his baby. And uh, then he realized that the most important thing to do was to be, you know, finish out his college education where he started. And that was the best way to be a, a good father to his son and show his son how, you know, how, how you handle the situation. And, uh, Walter really learned and matured from that. That's why I spoke so highly of Walter. Uh, I'm a big fan of what he's going to do for us this year because I think he's, he's realized how important it is. He's had some good conversations, and he's ready to have a really good season. In a perfect world for you, barring injuries, how many receivers would you like to have in your rotation for in-game? Uh, great question, Cap. I mean, that's a great question. You know, in-game six, eight that you really feel good about so they can go if you get an injury you're not you know i think we talked about that before my i I think more about my twos and threes than i do my ones you know that's kind of how how you're wired as a head coach and so six to play eight to eight to feel really comfortable you know our top eight i think we need to get to that point i was talking to coach ahara our receivers coach about that today and i work on i said okay we know who our top you know, so many are, you know, as him and I talk in confidence. And now we need to develop, a, you know, A, B, and C for these other spots. And uh, we feel like we've got a great group to work from. We really do. It's some good young talent. Who impressed you the most in spring ball from this group before you stopped practicing uh, back in March? Hugh Drennan had a really good spring cap. Uh, Walter Don had a really good spring. That's kind of where that where those two entities are coming from. I thought Skylar Newsom, you know, showed some of his athleticism, and uh, Miles Banks looks good with his speed, and Adam Cousins with his quickness and speed combination. And it's going to kind of be fun to see how Davian Bynum Bennett matures with all his speed. I mean, he's a Tyreek Hill type of speed guy, right? Now, obviously, he's not that kind of a player yet, but that's kind of how Tyreek got, you know, noticed from his 55-meter time when he was recruited out of, uh, out of junior college in Kansas and recruited by Okie State. We actually recruited him at, at K-State, so we were very familiar with Tyreek and uh, lost out to, to Okie State on him. But uh, there's nothing like speed at the receiver position. You know, real quickly, two of the guys I recruited at U of H, they went to the combine and both ran sub-4-3s. 
you know, and so I know, and we're the fastest guys at the combine at one time, so I know what speed can do for you, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Davion can do. I'll tell you something else. I mean, Q Drennan goes 6'2", and, and I saw he's listed at 195. So even if, let's say, he's between 190 and 195, that's a nice size package to go along with, I'm sure, a, a veteran as a graduate senior and somebody that, that gets to come back home and finish up in El Paso. Yeah, I know. It's a great story for him. We can use him in other parts of our offense because of his quarterback skills. He had a really, really good spring. If you came to our practices, you could see him being used in multiple type of sets and positions, and I'm just excited about him. And, and uh, you know, what a story it would be for him to have a really good senior year and finish off, you know, his college career on a real high note in his hometown. No doubt. Coming back with more from uh, Coach Dimmel. We'll wrap things up and get some questions in from Adrian as well. But first, let's get right back to Mr. Broadus. He's got a bottom-of-the-hour Sports Center update as we continue. Adrian, thank you very much. We're back with uh, Coach Dana Dimmel here on Sports Talk. We're talking about the wide receivers. And, Adrian, let's send it back to you because I know you've got some questions for the coach. Coach, each year uh, in the preseason time, you kind of hear a different player say that he's going to get a 1,000-plus season in receiving yards. And I love it. It's ambitious, and it, it shows the competitive nature for some of these players. But it just frankly doesn't happen as, as often. What will it take for a guy to get to that mark uh, in this program eventually, whether it be uh, you know, Justin Garrett, Jacob Cowing, or whichever receiver in the, in the future? Um, interesting question. I think when our offense is humming on all cylinders, I've said this before, I think we try to spread the ball around quite a bit to each re- to multiple receivers. Um, and so I don't know if that will be the case this year, that we'll get a 1,000-yard guy, uh, just because I feel like we'll have some different entities to get the football to. And also I want to try to get the ball to our running backs, as we've talked about more out of the backfield this year because we have, you know, so much depth at the running back position. Those two kind of feed into each other in the passing game sometimes, Adrian, as I look at it. I was just thinking about that today because I was watching the running backs run today, and we've talked about them before on a previous uh, segment about, okay, how do I get these guys? And Willie Eldridge looked really, really good today. Guy's a big guy that can run. So, uh, you know, uh, they play into that, you know, segment of where we are with our receivers too so i don't know if that'll happen i want them to all have that ambition but we'll see you know i don't know if that'll happen i really don't know if it'll happen this year for humming on all cylinders it'll probably be spread more well, going back to Justin Garrett, a guy who you've talked about a lot here on the show with us, I did know that he did have over 440 yards in receiving last year. But what I didn't know is the fact that he has 11 brothers, two sisters. And I just, I've loved his approach to all offseason, coach. You, you hear it from his teammates, you hear it from his coaches, you even hear it from Aaron Jones himself, his commitment to excellence. What has been and what has impressed you with his, his approach this upcoming season? And has he shown that? that sense of urgency as he uh, approaches his senior oh, year. That's a great way to put it. He has such a sense of urgency, and he just doesn't teammates, but they're best. And he really wants to bring that out in him, and he's really learning how to do that in a positive manner, and he just is relentless that way. And that's, you know, a sign of a great leader is wanting to make people around you better, you know, and, and showing them that you care about them, you know, and I feel like that's a strength that if you have that as a leader, it's a huge, huge thing to have. And, and JG's shown that. They know 
that he cares. You know what I mean? They know that he cares about them and he wants the best for them. And uh, that's what's so huge about him. And then you talk about what he's overcome, the adversity that he's had to overcome to get to where he is, the challenges that lay in front of him now. Uh, he, he scoffs at those because he's had to answer some serious adversarial positions in his life to get to where he is right now. And he's handled it with unbelievable dignity and class. He's just a great human being and, and uh, you know, so proud to coach him and, and I don't want it to end. You know what I mean? I don't ever want to end coaching a guy like him. And whatever happens with his football, uh, you know, somehow he's got to keep around people and be a good leader and, and use that skill set when his football career is over. And final one for me, Coach. You have Ray Flores as a running back. You got Lucas Flores that you just talked about for the receiver, and uh, you're getting Jeremy Flores, a preferred walk-on from uh, Yasleta as well. Is there any more Florida's family members that you can recruit? (laughs) Well, Dad and Uncle, I think they're just they're past their prime. You know, I just uh, I just don't know. I, I I just think they've used up their prime eligibility. So. But the three boys, well, I'll tell you what, I was, honestly, I was just thinking that today because Jeremy caught my eye today, too. I thought he looked good, has really got more mature looking and stronger. So, um, And I said to Lucas, I said, Lucas, are you going to get a 4.0 like Ray? And Lucas said, yep, and I think he will. You know, And that's the other part of it that really I really appreciate about the Flores is they, they take their schoolwork serious and, and you know, um, you know, raise an engineering major with a 4.0 GPA, so pretty cool stuff. If Justin Garrett has 11 brothers, is there anybody left <laughs> that you want to try to get into the uh, the, the UTEP uh, pipeline? I don't know. I'd have to investigate that because that DNA is the kind of DNA you want in your program, Cap. That's for darn sure. That's That's the winning. He's got winning DNA. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, I thought that that that's really uh, you know something to to think about. And I'll say this, you know, Adrian asked you about the thousand yard receivers earlier, and you said maybe not this year, but if you're able to develop the passing quarterback the way you've talked about since last season, who knows what could happen in the the years to come as far as yeah. a receiver, yeah. uh, you know, breaking the thousand yard mark. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe we'll use more you know huddle offense like you talked about. Uh, on Friday, you know, or Thursday. I'm not sure which day we talked about that, but maybe we'll we'll use more of that because it's definitely built into our system and not, nothing that's uh, out of the ordinary for us to, to do that. And if we're really good at throwing the football and get good at it, then we might do more of that, you know, and that might lead to us being able to produce, you know, more 1,000-yard type of receivers, you know. But right now we're going to be built on efficiency and yards per play. Obviously it will be two of our huge – that we want to look for offensively. Alexa at Westside underscore 915 sent this tweet out about 10 minutes ago. She said, can we already start the rant of keeping Tavares Jones in El Paso and UTEP? I feel like we have the advantage since he's a hometown talent. Now, I know you cannot comment specifically on Tavares because uh, that's that's against the recruiting rules. But at the same time, Let's uh, generalize it with El Paso talent, specifically exceptional El Paso talent, and what you believe your advantage is, not just being in El Paso and UTEP, to try and you know keep those great uh, those you know those great college players here 
even when they're receiving multiple Power Five offers, like, uh, for example, uh, Jones? Well, I think one of the things is that uh, the pride in the community is unmatched. You know, UTEP football is loved in this community. I know you say, well, you know, the attendance doesn't always show that, but, you know, there's reasons for that. But, uh, but more than anything, you can't go anywhere in this town that people aren't talking to me about UTEP football and, you know, recognizing our players as the only game in town. You know, there isn't professional football or, or, or professional basketball. You know, it's not here. And, uh, and so because of that, it, we are a big draw in this city, and so for most of the time, a player when they're done with their when, when they're done with their career, they come back to live in their hometown. And uh, just imagine, you know, Aaron Jones and how he's looked at and how he's he's viewed in this city, right? And and for a young man to be able to have that, have the story that Aaron Jones has written and one that I think Deion Hankins is is going to write. Uh, is such a special story and really gives a guy a legacy to, to fall back on in this home community. So UTEP strong, you know, and I think that's uh, something that uh, our guys should take great pride in. Coach, terrific stuff today. Appreciate you uh, giving us the lowdown on the receiving class. Look forward to tomorrow. We continue our position-by-position look as we get through the entire team before the season starts. Sounds great, Cap. Appreciate it, and um, appreciate you guys giving me the time. Always. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 5. Thank you. Head coach, Dana Dimmel of the UTEP Miners, as we keep things moving. 39 now past the hour here on Sports Talk. Uh, Adrian, without coach going into too much uh, detail, it sounds like they have four receivers right now. Uh, When you look at Garrett, you look at Cowing, um, and then you also look at uh, essentially Q Drennan, who's coming over as a graduate uh, this year uh, from New Mexico, and rounding out the uh, the four uh, that we were gonna that we were talking about was Walter Dawn, who's now back with the Miners after um, you know going into the portal, coming back. It makes the next four a fascinating battle here in the fall, and I think that you know. Five through eight is wide open heading into fall camp. Yeah, I really do too. I mean, he talked to, about a new junior college transfer in FAR today that we hadn't heard about. Miles Banks, we didn't hear about that news until today that he's switching over from the secondary to the receiver. And I've heard a lot of great things about Skylar Newsom, a big, strong, athletic receiver who the Miners are really excited about. And he redshirted last year. We didn't really see anything of him, but maybe he's that next Jacob Cowing this year, uh, minus the, the fact that he was a that Jacob Cowing was a true freshman last year. Skyler goes 6'2", 200 pounds. And I know he came pretty highly regarded from friendship, didn't he? Yeah, a lot of people actually really liked him. In fact, he had looks from Texas Tech, and I think that uh, when Dana Dimmel was talking about him back at the signing day, he he called him a big 12 caliber player. So I agree with that uh, completely. I also look at guys like Christian Willis, uh, also a newcomer that they got out of this signing period. I really like the fact that he said Davis Burns because he plays both ways, and the fact that he mentioned him in the wide receiver group means that he might be looked at in an as an offensive weapon. So yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch the newcomer emerge absolutely all right 41 now past the hour love the opportunity we get to spend with dana dimmel here on sports talk each and every day as we get you ready for the season in the meantime we've got abc 7 news 
Coming up next, Stephanie Valle. Then more in a moment. Sports Talk continues right here. 600 ESPN El Paso.